So Daryl's beard could be the beard of an Orthodox <laughs> priest. That's what we were just discussing before he hit record. Um, <laughs> what was the problem you were having? The beard, the hair comes out from the side. You get these stray hairs every now and because mine is, is like scraggly. You have to put stuff in it. Having a beard is a lot of work once it gets long. He blow, I didn't he realize. blow dries it. I do blow dry he it. He blow dries it. Until it was camp, and then there, I was like, where's Daryl? We're waiting on him. Well, no, no. Oh, I, now you're making stuff He's up. fixing his beard. Seriously. So, so. All the boys talk about Daryl and his his beard. He has his own little grooming bag. His comb and his brush and his oils and his little hair dryer, and he carries it with him. And We're not making that up. Rooms. We're serious. I don't, I don't deny it, because I don't like it being all scraggly. I like it to look at least a little neat, so you got to put some beard balm in it, and then you got to blow dry that in. And Isn't the, the point of the itself. beard, though, is that technique. it looks scraggly? I, I, I think this goes back to religious trauma for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or just being an Enneagram 3 there, I said it. Um, and being so hyper um, image conscious, and especially when you're at church, you're supposed mm. to look a certain way. Do you me, feel like you hide behind your beard? Is it is it like a face shield mm, of sorts? I feel like I, I, lo- I look better with a beard than without one. I feel more confident yeah but see my going back to my childhood about you know the little old ladies in church who tuck your shirt in or lick their hand and hold your your cowlick down in your hair or whatever um i still do that and i've been you know i was even at a certain uh, establishment where we were required to wear ties on sundays and Mm. i hated that i don't hate ties i don't enjoy them but i hated the idea of you have to look a certain way like you yeah. You can dress nice without a tie, right. but no, it was like you had to wear a tie. And so having a scruffly all out there beard makes me feel rebellious. It makes me feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Mm. Oh, you're living on the edge. Yeah, because oh. that's a threes issue is shame of disappointing somebody. And I, I have to look a certain. Well, that's that's thing, um, so. So so I listened this week to the podcast that you guys recorded while I was gone, and you talked about reading The Shack, and you had fear mm-hmm. that you were going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You were a grown man, and, and I, I was going to get in trouble. Just for the record, had I been there, I would have said, you really shouldn't be reading that. It's not very well written. <laughs> <laughs> Some serious noun-verb disagreement issues, <laughs> um, not to mention the, the, the stereotyping, and um, man, he just... Well, I mean, he wasn't a writer per se. If you hear his story, he set out. Yeah, I get. I, I, I agree. To write it for his kids. <laughs> yeah, I agree. the The stock characters. Now, I like the shack and the overall story, but when you you know kill someone like that so early and you play off that trauma, you're just cheating. You're just cheating. <laughs> playing with emo at work. You, you start with it's the emotion, emotional high, guys, and you bring it on, and you know you know where it's going. That's just cheating, anyway. <laughs> Beards. So I have a question about beards, <laughs> uh, blow, blow dryers. So I want Misty's input because I bet Mist. Oh, I think we all agree Misty's the s- most stylish person amongst Absolutely. the four of us. Uh, Not today. I look like a homeless person. <laughs> um, the uh, no. Uh, w- what is the past tense of blow dry? It can't be blue drew. Blue Drew, <laughs> air dry. Blue dry. No, like so. So, so today I, I'm I'm going to dry. I'm going to blow, blow dry my hair. Yesterday I blow to dried it. Blowed. No, blowed's not a word. Blow dried. Is it blow dried or blue Drew? Blue dried. Blow dried. 
I would say blow dried. Blow dried. I, I blow dried my hair yesterday. I heard something. I don't know. Now that sounds on, weird. On a podcast, as they were doing the end credits, and they said this podcast has been executive produced. Oh. And that caught me as weird. Like executive would you, produced instead of you know your executive producer. I would oh. say I would want to say executively <laughs> produced, but he said it's executive produced. Please don't say executively. That's adverb abuse. I struggle well, with stuff like that too. I did or math. Wording like that. Math was mine. English was not. Mm. I love words. Words are important. I've gotten better, but words have power. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that comes at the end. We decided that we would do a hodgepodge today. We usually have a, a grab a topic. And Super nervous about that, by the way. Are you? So you get to go first. Okay. Uh, each of us. <laughs> <laughs> each of us agreed that we would spend roughly fifteen minutes. Who's keeping time? I am five minutes in. Daryl. No, no, like uh, like you have a timer for fifteen minutes because I probably could go for an hour and a half. Oh, we're each. supposed to each have our own topic. I thought oh, good. we were bringing them and then going to decide. No, I didn't no, bring I, a topic. I thought I did. Understood you not read the email? I'll let you borrow Darryl. some of my minutes. I skimmed it. <laughs> I understood the, the the inner office memo as saying that each of us are going to bring one topic for fifteen minutes. You oh, thought I, we were going to introduce the topic. I misunderstood that. <laughs> Oh. I'll make something up. We can talk about you misunderstanding that. Well, in we got theory, Harry Potter, Enneagram, or the beer. what's my other so go-to? You have some <laughs> thought processes uh, that you can work on. So we're going to start with Joni. What was your thing? So here's what I was thinking. Last week we talked about um, how, like, over time we we kind of, not twisted, but, like, the scriptures, gosh, I don't have any words. Can we rewind? Rewind. <laughs> um, so last week we talked about, like, how so confused right now <laughs> last week third time what did we talk about last, last week? week we talked about gender, gender roles, roles. yeah so right. last week we talked about how like we have um changed those in like in our minds to be like what they are not biblically um so i started thinking about the things that um that we were taught that were biblical that were not so um mm-hmm. so i have a little list um, we could just use the whole hour on that. Uh, yeah, that's that's not a whole hour. That's like first year seminary. Because <laughs> <laughs> most of the verses that we use all the time at church are used, if not completely incorrectly, partially incorrectly. And you brought that up when you were talking about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, and you're like, well, that's for Israel. Like that's for all of God's people, not for like you individually. Plans that will prosper and not harm you. Right. So Tell that to the Christian who's starving to death in China or <laughs> incarcerated in Sudan. Absolutely. And so so many things are, are twisted to make it mean what we want or we say it's scripture when it's not really scripture. Like um, this too will pass or this too shall pass. Like not. That's, that's Gandalf. I was about to say, that's, yeah. I almost said Dumbledore, I'm, but it's <laughs> Gandalf. One of those long hair. You of all people should have people. your bearded people straightened out. I could see out. his face. I just could not. Gandalf uh. would just destroy Dumbledore in any mm. contest. It wouldn't even be close. I think they'd be best friends. Oh, no. They could never Take get along. The world. Too much ego. Too much ego. Too much ego is a bad thing. Uh, that just, I mean, and, and Gandalf would always be right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't you're think. Just, 
Never I'll, mind. I'll, well, I'll take Tolkien. Well, this conversation I knew, I too shall pass. I knew it was going to come Joni. down to that. <laughs> Hold on, Joni. Let them finish. Sorry. <laughs> By Merlin's beard. My feet don't even reach the ground in these chairs, I just realized. Can we get some chairs that are more <laughs> appropriate? dangling. I'm She's sitting Indian style. So. What was that? Who was that? Uh, um, uh, oh, what was her name? Saturday Night Live, Thomas. Um, She's... She would sit in the giant rocking chair and oh, swing yeah. her fist. Yes. Uh, that's um, Misty. Tomlin. That's Tomlin. Li- Lily Tomlin. Lily. That's yeah. it. I want to say right. Emily or yeah. something. Lily Tomlin. That's what I'm watching here girl. with Joni's feet like dangling. Okay, Joni. <laughs> so, Do you have a Bible so, verse in mind? No. Well, I was going to say something. Go, oh. go, Misty, oh. go. I was interrupted. Joni. Um, I don't think these scriptures, even though they're not biblical per se, um, I think you can reference them to this too shall pass even though you can't go to a specific scripture that 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 is is you know referring to um in the context of trusting in the lord and you know when we put our trust in him and our faith in him this will pass so i don't think i know a lot of people do maybe like kidney those. stones i was gonna say though. like you know gas <laughs> gas pain this too will pass but. and i think it reminds me like of ecclesiastes like everything has yeah. a season sure but I think it's sometimes taught to us, like, this is the scripture, like, yeah. you should love Or you, these yeah. are just words, like we talked well, about, just empty words. This we, too shall pass. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We've, we've conditioned ourselves to say these things because, you know, it takes the pressure off of us. And that goes back to the grief topic we had a few weeks yes. ago, in that we don't know how to sit with people right. in their pain. It's just and so we want to say something to help them feel better, to make us feel yes. better, really. Yeah. Right. And does grief ever pass? I don't I don't feel like it does. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, too, we were talking about pre-podcast about uh, we live in a culture that wants answers. Mm -hmm. We want security. We want definitives. And we don't know how to live in mystery or we don't know how to live in liminal space or tension. And so tell me a verse that's going to make me feel better to know this has an end so I can just endure it until the end rather than realizing that it's Mm -hmm. really in those spaces when we grow and when we stretch and that. Like Jamie said, there are some people for which the pain doesn't pass right? or mm-hmm. it doesn't get better or it doesn't end up in a white American capitalistic picket fence retirement mm-hmm. scenario. Right. Sorry if I went too far on that. You, you sort of <laughs> did. Uh, I think I, I think I would have stopped at relief. It doesn't always end in relief. Uh, Poor Joni. And, and sometimes relief comes in death. I mean, yeah, um, yeah true. And, and, worth, and tragedies happen. Uh, um, people get sick and die. I mean, uh, that happens. Right. And the ending's not always going to be a happy yep. ending for um, the earthly ending. You know, as a parent of teenagers, I was petrified every time they left the driveway in a car. I'm, like, I'm glad it's not just me. It's not just mm-hmm. you. It, it, it's a feeling. It's a universal feeling of all parents mm-hmm. that you know. We know all the things that can go wrong. Right. We've read stories. We've known people. Mm-hmm. I've buried people who. Mm-hmm got in the car and went to go get milk or go to a, a, a you know a football game and didn't come home mm-hmm. it's very very sad so we know that uh it doesn't always end well it does move on i mean you can preach this too shall pass i mean uh, solomon comes close um yeah that's what i the, mean there's yeah joy uh, sorrow may last for the night mm-hmm. but joy comes in the morning this is a biblical idea mm-hmm. but that does not mean that it's going to end perfectly right. and that's that's the whole point of the jeremiah 29 mm-hmm. um, the lord is talking to exiles and he's got plans and he's like i'm not leaving you or forsaking you we're going to turn this thing around but between here and there 
some people going to go through some stuff, mm-hmm. well, right? It's going to be some pain. And if you think of people like, let's take Corey Ten Boom, who it never passed per se, but yet in the midst of it, she was able to find solace and, and, and something in it. And I think this too shall pass turns into you're going to get your life back the way you want it, mm-hmm. as opposed to grace can come in and do things if you'll sit in the midst of it and allow it to do something. You can still have something beautiful or but you have to be willing to let go of that right. assumed expectation mm-hmm. of how you want it to go mm-hmm. you were talking about happy endings so. or whatever yeah. yeah we always think that um how about um god helps those who help themselves Oof, that's yeah. not even in the bible <laughs> that's that's <sighs> mm, you like that one no i don't <laughs> like that one even a little bit actually not just a little bit because mm-hmm. i feel like like he didn't die any more for my sins than he did for anybody else's. So now you've moved from Bible verses that we twist to mean something they don't really mean to proverbs that don't really aren't true, right? Right. So that's that's God helps those who help themselves. But that um, is actually the opposite. Yeah, I was gonna say if we could help ourselves, then we wouldn't need of Jesus. the Christian gospel. <laughs> the Christian gospel is you can't do, do this. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> you know the. The context that are the mouths that I've heard that come out of are quite often people who are not wanting to help people in need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's an argument against helping people. Mm-hmm. The way I've se- I've experienced it, yeah. And that's my favorite Bible verse where Jesus says, um, uh, "And you shall not help any who are sick, or naked, or in prison, or um, or who've messed up more than once, or, or who are lonely." <laughs> don't help those people until they help themselves. And then Paul reaffirmed that as well in his teachings as well when he says, you know, forget those people. Just forget about <laughs> them. Um, those of you who are listening, that's all sarcasm. That was just sarcasm, Bond. Disclaimer. Um, how about this one? God won't give you any more than you can handle. Uh. I'm like, have you had teenagers? Like, <laughs> I cannot handle those. So do you know the Bible verse? Uh, that actually is based upon a, a verse of Scripture in the Corinthian Correspondences. Um, where the Apostle Paul says, um, uh, God would not allow you to be tempted mm. beyond what you are able to bear, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape. I want to say 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. That sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I didn't, because I thought we were doing topical stuff. I did not bring my giant ESV in here. <laughs> Um, you should always have your Bible. Daryl doesn't have his either. I didn't know what our topics were today, so the I girls figured the if I needed to reference Scripture, it was going to be quicker on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't use the term girls. That's diminutive. You're women. Why? What's wrong with the girls? I'm just, I'm just saying. Do, I, I've, Steve, I've been, do you I've feel been, like we're girls? I've been corrected a time or two by referring to adult women as girls. We are ladies. I, I feel like girls is fine. If you ever want to refer to me as a girl, I'm fine. Yeah, okay. I'm good with that. It makes me feel good. All young. right, on to the next topic. How about, Sorry. Gal- how about gals? <laughs> gals? Okay. Gals. I'm- Ladies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> okay, so um, do you have other Bible verses? I mean, or not Bible verses? Or not. <laughs> well, we didn't really go on, on that one much. Um, the thing about that one that I've learned is I think God does give you so much some or allow you to have more than you can handle sometimes to get you to stop trying to um, save yourself. Mm-hmm. Go back to right. the previous one to, to show how much we need grace, mm-hmm. how much we need him. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we're never going to be perfected until we go home to, to heaven. And so while we're here on Speak earth. Speak for yourself. There, <laughs> your beard's <there's> perfection. <laughs> um, you know, he's always going to leave that little bit of, of wanting and yearning and desiring. And that's because we're always going to need him. And we're always going to, you know, um, fall on our faces because we can't do it on our own. So I think he does. I think we have to put effort into it. Like Daryl said, you know, um, if the Lord's <coughs> offering you this grace and this mercy and these opportunities, and yet you just keep wallering in the floor and crying about it. Hold on. Could you say that word again? <laughs> she said wallering. Wallering. <laughs> wallering on the floor. Can you spell wallering? You know? W-A-L-L-E-R-I. I think there's an extra L in there. There's a Y and a Z somewhere. <laughs> wallering. But, you know, you do have to, to get up, you know, D- get, get busy, do mm-hmm. something. But, yeah, we don't help ourselves. That's, well, that's Jesus. The, the 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 Corinthian passage about the temptation, I do believe that's true. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean you should give in to it. In fact, <laughs> the Lord has given us all the resources we need to resist temptation. But that's not the same thing as same. all the situations in your life you're able to handle. In fact, I actually believe the opposite. I think the Lord, and he be careful because someone, Joe, <laughs> may... Uh, uh, interpret this in, 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 a, in a different light. He would never. My, uh, yeah, he's been going after you on Facebook all morning. <laughs> uh, saying good stuff. The um, he likes his beard. <laughs> uh, oh, he's got the bald head to look like you have. So you guys would be simpatico in that. I actually think that the circumstances of life destroy us. They they. It is not until we have been just wrecked on the beach as you know to use a kind of a mm-hmm. biblical imagery uh the waves just pound us over and over again and we're shipwrecked there on the beach of our own efforts um and and, and our ego is destroyed mm-hmm. and our um our own will to power is destroyed now, this is especially true of ministry you are not qualified for ministry if you do not limp if you've not wrestled with God and lost, mm-hmm. if you have not been hurt and pained uh, and traumatized, that on, then and only then are you able to uh, speak into someone's life with any kind of integrity uh, about um, the spiritual endeavors, about our faithfulness, about standing firm, about our calling in Christ. Uh, that's the only way. So I think that the, the, the things of life wreck us, shatter us, break us, destroy us, tear us apart. Uh, and then what happens is, as we're destroyed in this way, our, our self is destroyed. This whole this is a very mystical 80s idea, but I still think it's true. As that, as we die to self in that way, mm-hmm. then the Lord rebuilds us and fills us with the Holy Spirit, and that's where the transformation, and we become conformed into the image of Christ occurs. Um, that that's how I understand um, the Christian life in, in many many ways, uh, which is which is the opposite of what that verse is. That verse, it, the way people understand that verse, the verse is true. It's our understanding that's wrong. The way people present that verse is, you will come out victorious and perfect and wonderful. Just you'll get through this. Or God thinks really highly of you to give you this trial, yeah, which is a whole. 
a whole nother meme right mm-hmm. there. Well, and see, I completely agree with what you're saying, and you use the phrase "die to self," and I think we've even turned that phrase into "how do you die to yourself?" Here's five steps, <laughs> and we've made it something we can succeed at as well. We just love to make lists and be winners, and and I think Jesus talks about you know you find yourself when you lose yourself the, the first way to die to self is to try not to mm-hmm. that, that really is the only way to actually do it is when you realize i'm in this struggle i'm trying to make it through it's by your trying that you realize you're actually dying mm-hmm. i was um, listening to a podcast and the guy was was it as good as this one uh, no there's not a podcast as good as this one <laughs> um but he, he was saying um, how he was talking to somebody. He's like, yeah, I just love how our church, not this one talking about their church, is so humble. And he's like, well, that's mighty nice of you to point that out to me, you know. And I just thought that was really funny because, you know, of course that's not humble if you're pointing out humility your humility. Humility and how I attained it. Yeah. There's, there's an old joke whenever you preach on humility. You go, oh, Joe, we always thought he was so humble until he told us he was. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Um, uh, that's good stuff. Any more things going on in your pile? Over There's there? so many things in my pile, but I'm ready for somebody else. Well, when I was talking about dying to self, I saw you look at your watch, and I was like, oh. No, is I got a, an alert that my daughter had moved, and she was going, she was, it's Life 360. It's, you know, the control. Stalker mom. Pretty much. Not I drove soccer her. mom, stalker mom. <laughs> yes, I drove her to work this morning because, you know, the wind was blowing a little too much, and. It thundered twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's f- you're gonna have to let go of some of that stuff. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. <sighs> so, Fishbank, you ready to go next? No, no. I don't have a topic. I'm trying to pick up on <laughs> glean off of some of what you guys and are saying, That's and then either one. run out of time or then swoop in with something. Well, then, Missy, it's either you or me. You, you me, go. You me, right, well, I have a list of things I wanted you guys to choose or help me choose. I got. I'll take one up. Six. <laughs> I thought, well, we could talk about criminal justice reform, oh. the, the death penalty. Mm. Get as, as, in trouble as, with as that aside. one. Oh, I know. Or uh, sports is a metaphor. I'm doing a Bible study Sunday in one of our small groups, and the lesson describes the Christian life as a race, and it goes on all these. It goes so far as to describe the Holy Spirit as our coach. Ooh, and I could use that. One. Well, I just went off on. <laughs> so these poor people pray for this small group class because they're going to listen to me talk about how we have overused and abused the sports metaphor in church. Mm. And there's so many other better metaphors for right now. And here are 17 reasons why sports as a metaphor is bad. <laughs> um, or we talk about bananas. I have a huge passion for bananas. We're disagree. And, and that people eat them in their unripe condition. No. A banana is ripe when it, the outside black is brown, yeah. almost Oozy. black on the inside. If you that's have to drink it, <laughs> there's, that's a little so too much. That's when, uh, another uh, uh, topic I've been thinking about a lot lately is Christian publishing. What's wrong with it? Because there's lots of things wrong with it. This is where the writer in me comes out. Uh, one thing I really thought maybe I could address is the three stories. There's basically only three stories in this world. Uh, and, and how Jesus fits into that and church fits into that. Mm. Or we could talk about how a.m. and p.m. cannot apply to noon or midnight. Mm. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about dinosaurs. I was for <laughs> sure of it. It was on the original list. It was on the original <laughs> list. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs on the internet. Wallering around in, in the, the tar pits. On the internet. So, <laughs> of these... <laughs> My favorite is that there's pictures of Jesus petting a dinosaur. Have you seen those? Yes. What? Holding it a, hold, Where no, no. are those floating around? Well, first off, at? let's talk about it. It's, 
it's wrong to have pictures of Jesus. That yeah. is a big deal. For me, it is personally. That's a, I, that could be on the list, right? There, you should. There should be no pictures of Jesus, especially if Petting he's white and American. If, if well, if he's well, that, that, that's the reason. If he's if he's God, and he is, and making an image of God is wrong. It's one of the big ten. It is wrong. Then making any image of Jesus is inherently wrong. It's a violation. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons is we will always make Jesus look like us. Mm-hmm. So does that include movies? That's what I was thinking. I think you're okay in a drama if a human being portrays Christ because then that transitions between different people groups. So if you're um, in Vietnam and you're putting on a, a play about the passion, if you're allowed to do so, you're going to use a Vietnamese person to do so. That makes sense in your people group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the if I, Just be known, if I were casting a movie about Jesus, I would find the most Arab-looking person I could do to, to fill that, because that's probably what Jesus looked yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not look like Kenny Loggins. Um, when the Bible <laughs> talks about his appearance... Did not have blue to, eyes. Uh, yeah, he was mm-hmm. not attractive, apparently. And I think he was short, too, but that's a different story. So that, Short people. Yeah. And I say attractive according to our culture standards of what that would look like. But when you see him, he always looks pretty. Uh-huh. Pretty mm-hmm. Jesus. So which one of these you want to talk about? Curious about the three stories. Three stories. So there's three stories in this world. What are they? They're the the Arthur Arthur Arthur, Arthur? <laughs> the author story, right? So King Arthur, um, the 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 great warrior who defeats his enemies. And this mm-hmm. is the any war movie you go look at is basically is that the hero's journeys. No, metaphor? that's different. Oh, okay. That's different. That's the war story. So if you want to go classical literature, that's the the Iliad, right? The the battle against Troy. Um, you're going to have one war, uh, one set of army against another. Um, th- that's a great story. That always communicates. Uh, anytime you watch a Civil War movie, read a Civil War book, that's the pull, that's the catch. Uh, why do you think old men love watching documentaries about World War II? That's the story. It's, it's always a battle. Well, you do, don't you? I do. <laughs> Does that I, include your group? I, I do. This is my people. Uh, so the, the warrior story. Th- then there is the, the true Jesus story, which is the, the, the promised one, the special person who um, leads the way but then dies and then resurrects. So kind of like the Harry Potter story. We're going to get to that in just a moment. <laughs> but I knew you're itching for it. But there is a little bit of Jesus story. In fact, the Harry Potter story is so well done because it, it actually encompasses all three of the narratives. Uh, it's not, it takes seven books, but it encompasses, so does uh, Lord of the Rings as well. All of these narratives are there. I mean, you Lord of the Rings, you got them. But you have the, the one person who dies and comes back to life. Um, a good popular, if you've not read Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. How dare you. Um, uh, they're doing a new Matrix movie, right? The original Matrix movie mm-hmm. had this down pat. And that was one of the reasons why those of us who do theology, we watched the Matrix movie and went, okay, she, she, Neo is Jesus. His girlfriend's name is what? Trinity. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not difficult. And he dies and comes back to life, and he shows them the way. That's the Jesus story. Um, and then the third story is a journey of some sort. So you have like the Odysseus journey, uh, uh, the real actual journey. Uh, that you go on, um, <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles comes to mind. <laughs> Any kind of buddy movie where they get in a car and go somewhere. Thelma and Louise. 
Thelma and Louise actually is a journey story. That You're exactly right. But it doesn't just mean a physical journey. It can also mean a coming-of-age story fits into this because you make the journey Aww. from childhood mm-hmm. stand by me. to adulthood. Stand, ooh. Young Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Um, yeah. That poor Phoenix boy. Um, but anyway, so you get you got me sidetracked. <laughs> I did. did you I see what you did? I didn't mean to hit it that hard. That actually <laughs> may be one of Stephen King's best stories. Um, so you get the the these are the three stories. Oh, oh, memoir fits under that as well. Your personal autobiography memoir. That's your journey. That's a subcategory of those. So like the Harry Potter stories, brilliant in the sense that she steals all of these, rewraps them. Harry Potter is uh, wrapped in a war. Motif. They're all on war footing. You have yeah. the forces of evil. Ralph Fiennes as Voldemort versus um, the forces of good, led by Maggie Smith probably, and <laughs> um, you know, all these the battles and the, that's what people love and the final battles. Uh, although I've always thought that the book did it better. The the movie oh, final sure. battle was terrible. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Um. So it incorporates that. It also incorporates the Jesus narrative, Harry Potter. I mean, that's actually written into the story. He has, he has to, to die. And willingly. Uh, willingly die, and then he can be re-resurrected. Re-res- re-resurrected. <laughs> we was elected. You only get to do that one time, <laughs> not, not re. <laughs> and then he resurrects with what? what, what is it? It's the resurrection stone. Oh, I mean, yeah. Again, writers aren't subtle when they do this stuff. <laughs> He's the Messiah. He has a special mark on his forehead. He alone can defeat the evil, and it is so wrapped up. So you get that aspect. And then you also get the coming-of-age story. A big part of the pool is that Harry Potter starts mm-hmm. this thing off as a boy, and he finishes it as a grown man. Um, and can I just side note here? This is the thing that frustrates me you're, sometimes. You're obviously going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Frustrates me <laughs> with, with con- Rhetorically. <laughs> with some of Christendom is how opposed certain groups were christian groups when it first came out because it had wizards and witches but then you've got all of c.s lewis's stuff have they ever told you the story of <laughs> <laughs> this it's a it's a dween within a dween so this is the story so this is like um i think the third harry potter book had come out and i hadn't read them i was too busy doing other stuff but i'm at children's camp and we're after like a little missions thing, and I'm helping clean up. And we're off in the woods in western Washington. It's kind of cool. It's really great. It's a small camp, not many kids there. It's really perfect. Uh, we're cleaning up, and this um, one kid's in the corner, and he didn't want to go out and run in the field. I'm like, I admit, I'm with him. And he's reading a book, and it's a Harry Potter book. It's like the third one. And the w- w- the woman who's helping clean up says, I, I I wish he wouldn't read. That's just evil. And I said, why is it evil? Well, it's about, you know, witches and magic. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at her and I said, well, I haven't read the books. They may be. I haven't checked them out yet. But remember, like one of the greatest books ever written from the Christian perspective besides the Bible is The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And she said, I've not, who? I said, C.S. Lewis? Oh, you my know? gosh. <laughs> She'd never heard of that. Oh, wow. Right? Completely outside of her realm of experience. Probably because it had the word witch, witch in it. And I just yeah. I agree with you in that regard. But let's push that a little more. Um, so Jesus is all of these three stories, right? Jesus is the great warrior. That is a powerful motif in the scriptures. He has come and he has defeated the powers of darkness. Um, he has uh, won on the, the cross and at the resurrection. 
and we believe he will win ultimately at the final eschaton. Uh, Jesus is also clearly the Jesus figure, right? <laughs> he is the one who dies and comes back to life to save us, the Messiah, the chosen one, the special one, um, fulfilling that. And he's the journey. Uh, he invites us on a journey to walk with him. That's the, come follow me. That's the actual language of discipleship, follow me. So you get these three things wrapped up in Jesus, and what I find is fascinating is churches— can't embody all three of these, and I don't know why this is true. And I fight this. I want us to be all three. We need to be aware that as Christians in a dark world, that is a battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's also sometimes a physical issue. Not like in like. Uh, please don't go get guns and do things. That, I'm, I mean, just the idea that we must stand up for what's right and what and um, go against what is wrong and be true. Some churches do that really well. They're culture warrior kind of churches that are always looking for someone to fight. Some churches will emphasize the Messiah aspect of Jesus, that it's transformation. These are the evangelical churches that are always trying to get people saved. And we need those churches, but some churches can only do that. And then there are other churches that, you know, um, their big thing is come enter into a spiritual journey with Jesus. You're somewhere on that journey. We're going <laughs> to facilitate you in that. I use that language a lot. What I worry about is we don't, we, we can't do all three of these. Most churches pick one and mm -hmm. go with it. Yeah. But the gospel is all of those. And I know I'm running out of my 15 minutes, but I told you I could go. I didn't even talk about bananas. Um, <laughs> the thing is that uh, these stories, you find them in all of our stories because Jesus is the story that is real. Mm -hmm. So all stories, whether it's, the, whatever is on the even the romance novel with the horrible things and graphic language in it is a pale imitation of that that one story that is wrapped up in Jesus mm -hmm. uh, and so all of our art all of our culture is that God part of us that wants to connect with the Lord in this story trying to get out mm -hmm. and so um, church is at its best I think when it allows all three of these stories to permeate and beat inside of its um, ministries. And so that's mm -hmm. the three stories. Why do you think that it's so hard for those three to coexist in, in individual churches? That's a good question. It probably has something to do with um, our inability to walk and chew gum. Mm -hmm. We are only able to focus down on one. So um, it's got to be this or nothing. So if we're a warrior... If, if we're a warrior and we're going to go defeat all the powers of darkness and we're going to have seven-hour prayer meetings on Friday night praying against the devil, then there's very little time to sit down and help someone who's wrestling with their identity or their sexual identity and help them on their spiritual journey mm -hmm. through because you see the world only as light and dark. So this person who's wrestling with their sexual identity is clearly an emissary of the evil one. We must rebuke Satan in them. Well, no, this person's a person and has hard, a journey. It's hard mm -hmm. to fight someone and have compassion for them at the same time. So mm -hmm. I think it has a lot to, mm -hmm. but both are true. So one of the things you wrestle with, how do you do that? And that's balance, to, balance them out. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's the only yeah. answer I have. But if you start about, start them out, churches, regardless of the denomination, is I'm, this is not about denominations, this mm -hmm. or, or even the way they're structured. 
the personality will be one of those three. Mm-hmm. And you can almost feel... Well, it's interesting. If you know yeah. what you're looking for in the first 5, 10, 15 minutes in a church building or in a church worship service, you can you know. feel it. Yeah. What their mojo well, is. Well, when Greg and I were first moved here and we were visiting churches, I mean, you're exactly right. Walking in. I want within. that on a t-shirt. Jamie's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> I can make that happen. That's never going to happen, Jamie. I'm not sure who's going to wear it, but I can make it happen. Jamie. Kim. Jamie. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. And it's, it's. I think the Holy Spirit brings that to your spirit um, and lets you know. Well, for me, that's how it is. I, I know pretty much first off walking in. I think that reveals where you are too, because you're going to resonate, or it's, it's going to resonate with you right. to yeah. which one you're you're really yes. needing or looking for. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. There's different seasons of your life that I think that you you might search out those things. Well, and everybody's looking for something. To, what I'm looking for in church is not going to be the same thing that Greg's looking for. You know, so I think that's different for all of us. What's important you know, at, at the first onset of just walking in, you know, somebody going to talk to me? Is somebody going to even make eye contact with me? You know, before you even get to the to the message, it's those types of things mm-hmm. that I look for, you know. Should we just start the service with the sermon? I mean, that's just, <laughs> let's just get this out of the way <laughs> so then you can find out what you're looking for. Enjoy the rest of your time. Get, get going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So those are the things. I didn't talk about bananas or... That was good. Or the fact that 12 noon and 12 midnight are not 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. That good, too. We're going to have that, to do that one that, at some point. I that agree. drives me insane yeah. when mm-hmm. H-E-B has the sign. We're open from till 12 a.m. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> 12 p.m. Or what did you do? It's like saying zero is odd or even. Zero is not odd or even. Mm-hmm. It's zero. That's what, that's what I would like you to or, know. Or water tastes like. If it's water... It really shouldn't taste like anything. anything. Right. It's water. It's water. It's one of the definitions of pure water is odorless, colorless, tasteless. Refreshing. Oh. All right. Oh, sorry. So, so I did mine. How deep are we into this? 35 minutes? 40 minutes? 37. 37 Ooh. minutes. You made it escape, Daryl. You okay. may have escaped. Uh, I can, maybe I can tie a bow on everything. So Misty gets to go. She's got a maybe she, with a welcome. She, I think she's the most prepared. Misty's got a well, spiral bound notepad, me, a highlighter, and a mechanical pencil. I can prepare. I, I try, did I try to prepare. I did try to get her on like the erasable spiral, and that was too much for her. She, she did. She's she's I a spiral her. person. I said I can't do it. I just mm. I have to write it. I have to see it. I have to carry it with me. Which that's brilliant. The little rocket notebook thing is a brilliant idea, but it's it's just not for me. So. so what do you got? Um, for me, it, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our world. He cut me off there. Um, I didn't cut you off. The three. Thanks for joining bees. us today. That's for <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is baggage, burden, and bondage. Oh wow, alliteration. And, and bananas. And bananas would be four bees. We could fit bananas in there. It's my but, baggage. Um, just what do we consider baggage? You know, carrying mm. around with us that. Um, Sometimes we tend to take things on that aren't necessarily ours to take on. Uh, baggage from our past that we can't seem to let go of. Uh, I wrote the definition down for baggage. Personal belongings packed in suitcases for traveling luggage. And then lu- luggage, traveling slash luggage. And, um, you know, I hate to pack. I don't hate a lot of things. I hate to pack because I have to make too many choices. 
what's the weather going to be like? Where am I going? Do I need a sweater? Do I need shorts? How many days am I going to be gone? How many clothes am I going to have to wear? You know, it's just, it's a lot. And so for me, packing brings on like anxiety and it's ridiculous. So for me, if I can just pack quick and just throw stuff in a, in a bag and go, um, it works better. But it, it kind of led me to choosing, you know, we, we choose what we carry with us. And when we're not taking that to the Lord, you know, and there's scripture after scripture talking about, you know, come boldly and, you know, bringing everything to him. Um, I just wonder when we do ourselves a huge disservice when we carry around baggage that that we don't have to. I think it's the book of Hebrews that uses the language of laying aside what hinders us or everything that holds us back. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, be baggage, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, holds us back. Absolutely. I believe that was in the context of a of sports metaphor, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Packing for a All long back. journey. <laughs> I think sometimes too we take on other people's baggage, like like families or you know whatever it is. Like we take on their baggage, right? And I think that's you know when we when we hold it and we don't give it to God, I think is you know when it does weigh us down. Well, and then burden. I mean, and then that transfer. You know what is a true burden is burdens are things that we carry um and a lot of times you know i know in galatians it says we're supposed to carry each other's burdens as cross followers but i think we take on a lot of other people's burdens that you know because of the control and because we want to fix things for somebody else you know we're bringing a lot of that on to ourselves which causes us anxiety and overwhelmingness and you know causes us to stress over things that we we don't have to because it's not ours to take on. So what's the difference in your delineation here between baggage and burden? I think baggage is more of a um, of things we can't let go of that are personal. I think, you know, when you hear of people remarrying and blending families, well, she comes with a lot of baggage, you know, talking about her kids or just a crazy past, maybe a, you know, whatever. I always thought that was talking and, about like, you know, She's got a Samsonite, <laughs> a duffel bag, Could and be. a backpack. Could be. Worth but of baggage. Still a lot of baggage. <laughs> you know, whereas burdens are things, um, you know, and some things we can't, we are caretakers for our pa- our parents. We are, you know, we there are things that, that come on as burdens that we don't have any control over. But then there's a lot of things that we do choose to 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 worry about and stress over that aren't ours burdens Um, of someone else i would say everything that we take on is a choice you can take on helping care for your aging parents but some people don't you know you can take on you know helping you know whatever would a burden then be so baggage is a choice i I, that's what i i'm picking up baggage is the things i choose to carry with me from one place or around with me whereas a burden might be something we have no choice over that we have to work through something like say um, a speech impediment Mm -hmm. or a learning disability or a physical impairment or you know you can't control your parents if your parents are are really mean to you or you're a christ follower living in an unchrist follower family that's a burden Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That you have to is that that we right or like your children you know talking about kids and their choices that they make you know a lot of times as a as a mother I want to I want to jump in and when I see my kids doing things that I think 
or I know I've been there I've done it It, it's not going to turn out well you know and I want to take those on for you know and make me crazy when I have no control over them you know um I almost feel like baggage is more past tense it's stuff we're carrying that could be let down and a burden like you're saying is something that we're facing yes um that almost we have to something something we have to go through or carry or whatever um that's in process maybe present or future tense i don't know and then bondage you know i added bondage there at the end because if we're not careful all these baggage and burdens that we feel like we have to carry for other people um can lead us into to that bondage of when we're not taking it to the Lord and giving it to him and praying about these things you know and prayer I think is the most important thing talking about carrying other people's burdens um you know we have to go to him first and and ask him you know ask for wisdom like the scripture says as to is this you know what do I do here I I don't know what to do she's confided in me and you know I'm thankful for that but what do I need to do here I was faced with a situation over the weekend where that's exactly what I had to do I had no idea what I was supposed to do and I know what I wanted to do and the Holy Spirit stopped me and said no ma'am we're not going to do that and so I had to really you know the Holy Spirit's never looked at me and said no ma'am no he did no ma'am no (laughs) ma'am and so you know this Holy Spirit does intercede for us um when we don't know what to pray and it's mm-hmm. not you know when when we just don't want to pray we're refusing to pray it's when we don't know we don't have the words and you know that became very real to me over this weekend and um so i think we have to be very careful not to get into the bondage that the baggage and the burdens bring so um burden we are told in the Bible to bear one another's burdens. You, you quoted that earlier. Mm-hmm. But we're not told to bear or carry each other's baggage. Right. Um, is one of the things that we have to be careful of delineating with the issue of bondage then that we share our burdens and we clean out our own luggage. Is that is that an important Amen. aspect of that? Yes. We have to yes. unpack some things? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm work. I'm working that metaphor. Bondage is fascinating. I was thinking of another blessing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those things that are baggages actually trying to be blessings. Right. Um, and I'm going to use your your. I'm sure whatever happened this weekend at some point will be the thing that you can use to help someone else work through a similar issue. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Um, the person who has uh, the physical impairment that can be. I'm not going to say God did that to them, but sometimes in that there be, there will be a blessing that will come later. Through that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Not always. I mean, it's, that's yeah. not a guarantee uh, because sometimes things don't always work out right. Mm-hmm. While you were talking, Daryl did the whole pulled out his legal mm-hmm. pad. And Let's not get carried away. He's li- oh, I wish you guys could see. Scrambling. He's literally <laughs> making notes on the napkin that his uh, latte is on. I'm going to take a picture of this. You know, this is probably really making his three brain go a little crazy that he wasn't as prepared as he wanted to be. Like they- No, because as a three, I'm good at spinning things and making it sound like I'm prepared. <laughs> and so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tie all three of your topics together together to put a nice bow on everything all right do it do, do it, it do it daryl daryl no Darryl. i it just I, wait are we through with misty though because is there anything else that you didn't i mean we don't want to just no, i mean that no that was pretty much it um 
I just, we're, we weren't created to carry the weight of the world. And that's what Jesus does for us. He I'll, carries that for us. As you were talking, I was thinking about the two twin images. We think Jesus carrying the weight of the world. He carried the cross. Mm-hmm. And he bore our sins, which is a kind yeah. of bearing. But we can't paint that in a picture. No, you better not. <laughs> but you can cling to the cross. Um and the, 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 of course, the Greek culture has this image of Atlas bearing the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those is a great tragedy. He's got this weight that he can never get rid of. Whereas Jesus, it's the actual idea. He nails all of our burdens to the cross. And when he rises from the dead, it's all clear. We, we can be made whole and forgiven. Uh, or to use the language of Paul, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's no baggage. There's no burden. It's all just blessing. Free. Anyway. Well, and I think we struggle with that because we want to pr- not participate. We want to control so much. We're not very good at surrender. And as I said a minute ago, we even turn surrender into here's how you do it. And I think that's, and I am going to talk about the Enneagram because it's just it's become, we knew that already it's become trans- <laughs> that was foreknowledge <laughs> it's become transformative in my life but i think why is because the true desert fathers and the the people way back in the mystics age who were were chewing on this stuff were were using it and were working with it for deep spiritual transformation uh, it's become a fad what's your number what's your number which sucks the life out of it and it and it and it actually reinforces the whole problem when you start talking about Enneagram types and the I've come across you know how does it work and what's what's so valuable about it and I think what's what's happened to me is I've always been a why person well why are we doing this why are we having this event what why, why is Jesus saying this why why is this verse there why is that person being driving that way um, and I look drugs. <laughs> I look back on my life, and a lot of these topics I'm even critical of. I used to be, I used to epitomize that type of a youth pastor or minister or whatever. And looking at how much has, has changed in my life, and you go back to your journey metaphor. You know, I look at my life. There's just been such a transformation um, of way of thinking, and sometimes life causes you to do that. But as I began to study the Enneagram. At first, the three things that stand out at me is first, you've got to be willing to to um, observe yourself. I think most of us just walk through life mindlessly, not thinking about why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I reacting this way? Why am I carrying this burden? Why am I worrying about this thing? And the Enneagram invites us to, to start looking at ourselves and asking, why did I just do that? But uh, um, then we move from that to an understanding of, oh, I see why I'm doing that. I see why I'm wanting to fix this problem or fix my kids' problems or, or do this. And, and then you start to have this knowledge of this is kind of the personality my ego's taken on and, and, and how I'm becoming that. And then, okay, so what do we do now? How do, how do I change? Where does change come from? And the heart and soul of the Enneagram is it comes from surrender. You have to, you can't use the same energy that created your Enneagram type, your personality, to fix your type. Mm-hmm. And it's like we were talking about transformation earlier is, is how, you know, tell me what I have to do. Um, and what the cross 
invites us to do is to let go of that control, to die of self and say, I want to invite you, God, into this to transform me. And there's nine types in the Enneagram, and each type has a different cross to die on, so to speak, based on what drives their personality. And it requires surrender in the most vulnerable and scary of ways Mm -hmm. that speaks to your type. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just such a beautiful picture of the gospel of it's not about trying to jump through these hoops or do this, but in many ways it's the the bondage we've put ourselves in Mm -hmm. based on our personality and our type. And I just, and I look the world around me, I think there's just not a lot of people, how many of us are just going through the motions in life? And that surrender, don't you think that's what keeps so many people from becoming Christ followers is because they have to give up things that they, you know, they don't want to give up. I, if you mean emotional and, and spiritual and, and like things that make them feel vulnerable, yes. If, if you mean like behaviors and rules as, as an external thing, no, because I think that's part of the problem is – there are some people that want to be compliant. Tell me what rules to follow, and oh, I can do that. Um, and that misses the point. But when it gets to the core of what drives your your motivations and your personality and your heart um, to react and live the way you live, and it's not even just giving those things up, it's giving up those self-protections, whatever they look like. And they may look like external things, and they may look like mental things, and they may look like physical things. Um, but it's it it feels risky. Um, can I play with this for a minute? Of course. Oh, good. Uh, notice how I ask for permission. <laughs> um, so you use the word surrender to describe this process of um, letting go of your need to control mm-hmm. and getting rid of the outward forms. The problem is surrender is an official thing that describes I have lost a battle. Mm-hmm. And when you lose a battle, then the winner tells you, here are the things that you have to do. Here are the terms of surrender, mm-hmm. which sounds very much like a list of things you have to do to stay at peace with the person who just beat you. Mm. Um, that's surrender. Submission is a different word that refers to my internal desire to relinquish my own will in favor of the other person's will. And I prefer that idea that over, I use the word surrender. We all use sure, the word, yeah. it's, you know, I surrender all, doesn't have the same ring as I submission Submit. to all. <laughs> doesn't have quite the same <laughs> ring to it, I understand. But submission as an idea is more of a volitional decision. You weren't beat down by this necessarily. You, Jesus is not the victor standing over your broken body. Yeah. It's instead you were recognizing I'm submitting to your will. I look at it. I love the the, the illustration of a, um, a a wounded or stray animal that a person is trying to rescue. Um, maybe it's been beat, it's been abused, it's backed into a corner, and as as far as the metaphor goes, life has a way of just making us feel like we have to fight for ourselves. And then I feel like God is the one who's trying to kneel down on our level and coax us to trust him because he wants to bandage our wounds. He wants to feed us. He wants to give us a home, a place to stay, and give us life. But sometimes life is so damaging that he's just he's a threat. And that risk of, can I trust him? 
that 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 submission to I'm going to allow him to have me have my will my life and trust that he's gonna offer I love the image you're using here because I'm, I'm tracking with that so the 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 wild animal that's coaxed by God loved by him has to decide I'm going to come to you I'm not going to bite you I'm not going to kick I'm going to submit because I, I recognize mm-hmm. that this is better for me you're holding the apple that sort of thing I'm going to come don't know what's going to happen after that, but I'm going to come. What animal eats an apple? <laughs> a horse. A horse. Of course. A horse, of course, of course. Um, but doesn't that come through people? I mean, who God places in our our lives, ultimately. It should. It should. Mm-hmm. And these mm-hmm. people. If they look like Jesus, which, well, and then I like, mean, in the sense of love. But yeah. that's what I mean. And then you have the people looking, going to the places in the... Anyway, never mind. Go ahead. Well, Sorry. That, that's going. true. Yeah. And the, the, the people, the Lord uses human beings in that coaxing world. This is the church, right? This is the church mm-hmm. is, at the best. It is not um, a stick beating culture over the head. It is honey attracting people with what is good and right and pleasing. Um, but sometimes those people are holding the beating stick in one hand mm-hmm. and the coaxing stick in the other. And that's not who God is. And that's not a that's not a good reflection of God. I'm doing this because I love you. But but it is well, I it is what people think God is. It's not people what reflect it. that because a lot of folks actually believe mm-hmm. that that's heaven is honey and hell is the stick, mm-hmm. and we're gonna he's you're gonna get one or the other, buddy. You gotta, I mean that that's and and I I, I want to be careful. I affirm both the reality of heaven and hell, but my my desire to submit to Jesus as the the animal is not because I'm worried about hell. It's because he's presenting me with a better way of living now. Mm-hmm. That's different than uh, using a horse metaphor, which is what I was thinking of with the apple, <laughs> than, than an animal that's broken mm. or a dog that's trained, that has been conditioned to perform in a certain way mm. when called, when demanded, when, when moved in a certain direction. And th- this is one of the reasons why uh, those ideas of a uh, uh, that the Christian life is about being trained to perform in a certain way. I think that's what you have about your spiritual journey. You rebuffed against that. That the, we are not animals being trained or circus monkeys being told to do the certain things on cue. It's something different is going on here, mm-hmm. which is why I go back to God does break us. I, earlier I, with the metaphor of he mm-hmm. breaks our will, our ego, but that is after we have submitted and we're moving that process and he's rebuilding us. Those are two different things. And I think he's always walking beside us, but he's kind of like, oh, you want to do it that way? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm going to sit back here and yeah. see what happens. Be careful what you and ask like, for. And I don't think he's uh, abusive or like, I told you so. I, it just He gives us that freedom to, mm-hmm. to, to get, and then, and then we kind of go, oh, that didn't work. And he's like, okay, let's try it this way. Wow. <laughs> and I just, I think we've made him out to be this scarier thing. And I'm not trying to take away his, his power or his kabod, um, that Hebrew. <laughs> His glory, Kabod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mispronounced it. But His glory has departed. I think humans' representation of him have have definitely made a lot of horses want to run for the hills. Well, and that's what I was going to say earlier, talking about being submissive and surrendering. You know, we have to s- submit 
ourselves and submit to his power and authority and when we're not completely honest with ourselves about the things we're wanting to to let go of we go to the churches that justify the things that we still want to do and so you know any place that's going to monkey the words change the words around to make it okay i mean and that's there and again there's there's the problem you know and i don't know exactly what you meant but the phrase monkey the words <laughs> that's gold right they're there. gonna waller with you on the floor monkey the words monkey the words fishback what's our time look at this 59 minutes, 57, 58, 59, one hour. Welcome to Under the Water Tower. Uh, we're glad that you're with us here. We've had a good time. I've had a good time uh, with our wrap-up here today, but also all eight episodes of this season three of the podcast. This will wrap us up for the fall. We'll probably come back and maybe, if we're all still employed here, uh, we'll come back and we'll do you know a something season, I don't know. A season four. Well, if, if I ain't leaving. <laughs> this is going to be here. I'm, When you so. say that, the first thing that popped to mind was The Office. The TV show's The Office because I'm actually watching, I think there's only two seasons of the, the British, the original oh, version mm-hmm. of it. I've never watched it. And so I finally making myself um, watch it and it's right about the time where they're trying to find out if their their branch is going to get shut down or not yeah. so well, re- remind me to ask we all you have a job when, or not. when we're off mic how far are you into mi5 okay because that's that's important okay tv british tv shows uh anyway <laughs> glad you listened uh we're, we're gonna come back i don't know what we're gonna do if you have recommendations let us know greg kelly uh kelly joe, joe. The three, um, so we can get this. Uh, we'll, we'll take it. Probably we'll go back to something more biblical. <laughs> Although we haven't been unbiblical. I just like this was biblical. It's it biblical, just was not. but we've been topical. I, I, something more like we have Colossians or Moses next time. But although who knows, we I'm may. A, I'm a Galatians girl. Well, I'm preaching Galatians next year. I'm excited about that. You got me the NT Wright uh, commentary on Galatians, and I said, you know what? I feel called to preach Galatians next year. You're like, no, I'm not so muddled up. (laughs) Well, Tom, Tom, right. Anyway, um, that's it. Anything else for the guys? I can think of. Good stuff. Well, I'm Jamie Greening. Daryl, as always. Misty. Joni Wallach. And we are just thrilled that you took the time to listen with us. If you're ever in the area, if you live in Marble Falls, come by. We would love to have you. If you have a church home, stay there, please. Uh, But if you're uh, not, we'd love to see you in ours. Uh, We think we have the best church in the whole world. Love you guys. Be nice. Trying to be a jerk. Drive safely. Yay. Be a blessing.